This is Ira Glass of This American Life, and you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Mark Shalafu. I've never wanted to fall into that trap, because I remember right after I had my first kid, a few other comics in New York at the time that were having kids, they were like, hey, we should do like a Dads of Comedy tour. Just kind of like the most dreadful garbage I could ever imagine. Mark is an old, old friend of the show. He goes back to the No Huddle Days, the football podcast I did before I did this show. And we have a great conversation about sports and dad stuff and comedy and all that kind of good stuff as well. Uh, But first, of course, as always, we have a dumb bit. Oh, and at the end of the show, our song of the week is from a former member of Vampire Weekend. I've been trying to avoid this as a topic for a dumb bit for a while, but uh, I couldn't resist. Uh, I wanted to make some comments on Facebook, but I didn't want to upset anybody there. So uh, I want to discuss a little bit about uh, Colin Kaepernick being named GQ's Citizen of the Year. This happened either late last week or the beginning of this past week. But uh, a lot of people got upset, and people were upset at first with the idea of Colin Kaepernick being Citizen of the Year, as you can imagine. And then people got really upset when other people pointed out, well, hey, J.J. Watt of the Houston Texans raised $37 million for hurricane relief. He should be Citizen of the Year, not Colin Kaepernick. And among the people not having it, uh, Will Kane on ESPN. Because I think you have to ask yourself, what conversation did you provoke? And my co- criticism of Colin Kaepernick from day one has been, what conversation did you provoke? From the pig socks to the Castro shirt to the loose, I believe, understanding, at least on many factual basis of the issues facing our country, to saying I can't take pride in a flag for a country that oppresses African Americans, to not celebrating the 4th of July, the kind of conversation Colin Kaepernick specifically provoked, I feel like does a disservice to the productive, the potentially productive conversations we could have. That's why this man, to me, is not citizen of the year. And even if it's not J.J. Watt, okay? And we want to stay on the same topic. Say you don't want to go down the realm of J.J. Watt in a completely separate issue. Will Cain, if you're wondering, according to Wikipedia, is a columnist, conservative political analyst, and sports commentator. Uh, he's also been on The Blaze. He's also been on CNN. So just to give you a little background there. Now, uh, his co-host on this ESPN pro, not one of the, co- one of the uh, fellow panelists, I guess you would call them, uh, had a rebuttal. That is Stephen A. Smith. Uh, he is an African-American, and he, his rebuttal was this. Here's the part that I would want you to understand. Colin Kaepernick deserves this even more so than J.J. Watt. Although I applaud everything that J.J. Watt did and one could make the argument that he he was more deserving because everything he did had no divisiveness towards it, whereas with Colin Kaepernick, it did. But the reason why I side with Colin Kaepernick being honored in this way is because of what you pointed to. He sparked the conversation. That's what America's all about. Now, I thought Will A. Smith was going to make uh, the point I was going to make on Facebook underneath a post by my wife's uncle who, who posted very – he was very upset the fact that uh, Colin Kaepernick was Citizen of the Year and J.J. Watt, who raised $38 million for hurricane relief, was not. And then uh, one of her knuckleheaded cousins chimed in and said, totally disgusting, all in caps. And I wanted to point out to them, and Will A. Smith touches on this just a little bit at the beginning of that statement, is the fact – the big difference here is that uh, – J.J. Watt didn't risk his career 
raising money for hurricane relief. It was great that he did that. Glad he stepped up, really helped the town that he works in. But no one's upset with hurricane relief. No one's mad that J.J. Watt raised money for hurricane relief. There's nothing controversial about raising money for hurricane relief. I think everybody was on his side on that. Whereas Colin Kaepernick was trying to make a statement that sometimes minorities aren't treated very well in this country. And that's a very, very different conversation. And the other thing I would like to point out uh, is that, and we've had this conversation before, uh, I mean, not on the on this podcast, but I've, I've had this conversation with other people. So when this whole controversy started, you know, Kaepernick wasn't getting signed. He remained unsigned at the beginning of the season. And I thought, well, you know, I mean, it's, he's not really, his skills kind of deteriorated pretty quickly there. I remember he started off great and then not not so good. But then I looked at, I uh, went to profootballreference.com and looked at his actual stats. And yes, he started off strong, dipped a little bit there. But then uh, his last season, uh, before he hurt his shoulder, last year, he was doing pretty well, even though this team was terrible. His team was the tied for the second, was for the tied for the worst team in the league with my Browns. And so I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that his team was rubbish, but his stats were still okay. They were way better than the following people. Andy Dalton, Josh McCown, Tyrod Taylor, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Eli Manning, Cam Newton, Jay Cutler, Drew Stanton, Brock Osweiler, Joe Flacco, all starting quarterbacks right now in the National Football League, which is crazy. Now, you can't tell me that Colin Kaepernick is not getting signed because his stats aren't that good. No, 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 no. And another thing I would point out, too, if you kind of could flip this on its head and say, well, if J.J. Watt were African-American and Colin Kaepernick were white and Kaepernick was still the guy sitting down and J.J. Watt was still the guy raising the money, then, yeah, then it's. I think people would still come down on Kaepernick. I think for that part of it, you know, it's it's not a race thing. But overall, yeah, it's a race thing. It's totally a race thing. And, and another thing I would point you to, I didn't have time to grab the audio for this. You should go back and look this up. Uh, on Skip Bayless's and Shannon Sharp show, they had a debate about this a couple weeks ago, I saw. And it was when the NFL, when Donald Trump told the uh, the owners to fire any player that didn't stand for the anthem. And that's when the NFL owners got upset. And I won't spoil it for you. Look up Shannon Sharp's reaction to that because it is great. Now, the only thing I don't like about Shannon Sharp, uh, I'm with Shannon Sharp 100%. He is friends with Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis killed a guy, and he still got to play football. Colin Kaepernick takes a knee to say, hey, we should look at some things that maybe aren't going so well in this country, and he's a pariah. I don't really have a funny ending to this bit, so we'll just head straight on into our interview. Mark Shalafu is a stand-up comedian from Cincinnati, Ohio. He's sometimes an internet sheriff. And uh, we have a great conversation with our old friend Mark. In the middle of the interview, the call drops out, and then we get him back on the line. But I left that in there because we had some funny things to say about that. Well, I think they were funny. See what you think. Uh, yes and no. I didn't do our league this year. Because I just couldn't muster it up. I have just lost so much interest in the NFL. And uh, really? when people didn't uh, respond back for our league, I only got like six people. Like I was like, you know what? I'm not chasing people down or doing any of that. So I just said, you know what? If you guys want to do it, I'll do it. If not, and people didn't respond. So I figured the answer was not. So I just, I'm doing a Yahoo public league and just to keep my skill sharp in case it ever returns. But... I think largely due to the fact that my real team is horrible, that probably had a yeah. lot to do with it. And the other teams I root for in other sports uh, have all done pretty well the past couple of years, the uh, Cavs, Indians, and Blues. So. Well, 
I mean, I feel like, because, uh, you know, I'm a Bengals guy, and obviously they stink, but fantasy has just made Sundays interesting, because without yes. it, I would not care about a single football game. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was the thing. Uh, For a long, long time, that kept me in it, but then, like I said, my time, like, especially the end of the summer... And then, you know, into middle of October, and of course, as we're in it, you know, I was completely consumed with baseball. So Yeah, that's a, it's a different uh, vein for me, because I'm a big Xavier basketball guy, so it's like, I need something oh, to kind go. of fill the time. Yeah. Just kill time, run out the clock till you know, <laughs> about now, and work it's yeah. interesting. There you go. Well, of course, for, we were just having this discussion at my day job, you go, basketball season doesn't start until March, so... <laughs> Yeah, I can understand that aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a fun little thing. Yeah. I think the NBA should... Uh, have you ever heard of Bill Simmons' argument about their uh, tournament that they should do? No. So he has this nice theory that I would subscribe to that, um, like, he thinks that everyone, like, the top six seeds, I guess, for each playoff, or top seven, maybe, um, can be set, and then they have a single elimination tournament, like March Madness style, for the last playoff spot. Oh, okay. And uh, that way, like, even if you're the last place team, you're not going to tank totally because then you can still play just to try and get in. That's true. In March, yeah. or not March in the NBA, but being AC, that'd be entertaining as hell, is what he yeah. called it, the entertaining as hell tournament. There you go, yeah. That'd be, uh, it could be like a, the, the mid-major of, uh, of basketball, like the 76ers or something could, you know, can emerge and be like a, I don't know, uh, Alcorn State or whoever. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Get hot, go on a run. It would be entertaining. Interesting. Yeah, because I'm following hockey and basketball more at the beginning of the season now than I ever have. Usually it's January when I start following that. But, um, you know, it's just, I don't know. I, the NFL, and plus the fact I think it's killing guys is another thing that probably has turned me off of the NFL. And Yeah, that's hard. I, I think the concussions and just the game not being that entertaining to watch has done way more for the ratings than any anthem stuff. I think that's just way oh, overblown. That's, yeah, yeah. That's a whole all other thing. And although I've been able to follow the CFL, I'm going to be watching the playoffs this weekend. I'll be watching the Great Cup really? a week from Sunday. Yeah, because it's just, you know, that's those guys, most of those guys have day jobs. They're playing it because they really love the game. And I know the NFL players love the game too, but it's, you know, I don't know. Uh, it's really different. It um, is. It's is a, the CFL just, uh, that's not indoors, right? No, it's outdoors. It's a bigger field, yeah, sir. So it's just, oh, it's a bigger field? Yeah. 50, By what, like 20 yards? 25-yard uh, deep end zones, and the field is 110. The field proper is 110 yards. It's 65 yards wide compared to 53 and a third here in America. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, I was going to say, oh, the one criticism of the NFL that I don't agree with, weirdly, is all these people are saying, oh, they shouldn't have Thursday night games, they shouldn't have Saturday night games. Have a game every night. Because then you can see every team. That's the one thing I think that football does right. I think it's great being able to see. Because I mean, the NBA, you, if you are a Milwaukee Bucks fan, you have a chance of at least seeing them a couple of times a year on ESPN or TNT or somewhere like that. But if you're a Browns fan or even like, I don't know, let's say a Seahawks fan, you live in Cincinnati, you have very little chance of seeing them unless they're good and they're on national TV. Right. So... Right. I, yeah, I don't mind that. I would also subscribe to the Bill Simmons theory, though, like you should play the Thursday after you have a bye, so you're not playing oh, right yeah. after Sunday. They could schedule that thing a lot. Well, the, when you go to London, you have that's the week before your bye now. They, right, they've yeah, got that, that sorted. makes sense. Yeah, but yeah, you should. they should arrange the schedule uh, better so you're, that either the, either the byes fall that way or you have some kind of a longer, or you play on Monday the next week or something. I mean, I'm sure they could, in 2017, we could get that sorted. 
Yeah, that's true. Um, so comedy-wise, uh, I see you've been uh, headlining more because I was looking up another comedian because I was trying to put his dates in for uh, probably, I think, an interview I was doing for City Pages up in Minneapolis. And I noticed this person was at Comedy on State, and under that Comedy on State, why, there's Mark Shalafu headlining. At Comedy on State? In Wisconsin? Were you there? Or am I think, or no, somewhere? that must have been a mistake. Hmm. Have you been headlining anywhere? Maybe I'm mis- Uh Yeah, I've been headlining some. I've headlined the Drop in South Bend. Okay. And I headlined uh, Wiley's this okay. year, which is the first club maybe, I headlined. Maybe that so was the club the first then. year that I've been starting to headline. Well, maybe Comedy and State was on this person's, and then I also saw the, because uh, it took me to the to the one site where this person was, you were headlining like the week before or the week after, so I, can, I can't remember oh, what it was. Okay. That must be what it was. Okay. So, um, but yeah, this has been the first time, and I've been headlining, you know, some more corporate gigs and stuff. Oh, there you go. The corporate money. That's pretty sweet. It is. I like yeah. it. So you're doing, you doing a lot of that, or is it still clubs, or what's, what's the balance? Oh, mostly for me, it's still clubs. Okay. For me, um, you know, I'll go on the road in middle a weekend or two or do, like, the occasional headline weekend. And then, uh, you know, stuff around town. I'll do one-nighters. Colleges still. Oh, yeah. Um, and then when I'm in town, like, I, I try to take off a big chunk of October, November, uh, early November, mostly October, just so I could be home because my uh, oldest is playing soccer. So I didn't want to, like, miss all the games. So I'm oh, okay. going to miss, like, one or two of her games, which is nice. Okay. Um, and then I have a deal to do an album with Rooftop in the spring. Oh, that's right. So I've been trying to ramp up uh, a little bit for that. So I'm going to go down and uh, headline a show in Asheville. I'm putting together a little bit of a tour. I'm going to do Asheville. I'm going to do some spots on shows in, around Atlanta the two days before that. And so I'm trying right now to have like a Nashville date and a Lexington date. That'll be in February. Okay. Um, and then I'm going to do, I'm going to headline Wiley's again in February. And then, uh, you know, I'm, I've got some stuff in January too. So I'm trying to like really load up a lot and kind of tour the, the hour that I want to record. And this weekend I go bananas will kind of be the first crack at it. So it'll okay. be probably like, you know, 70% of what ends up on the album, I would guess. But, uh. You know, it's still getting fine-tuned and everything, which is why I didn't want to just record it this weekend. Or yeah. not this weekend, but next weekend. But when it does come to recording it, you record at Go Bananas, I reckon? Or? It will be recorded at Go Bananas. Yep. There you go. Because the rooftop people have a pretty good relationship with oh, them. Yeah. Nice technical setup, so it's easy to record that way. Yeah, tons of people have recorded there, uh, actually. Yeah, yeah. They've got a good... Um, like, when I was trying to decide who to do it with, Rooftop had a nice setup with the club already, and Rooftop has a pretty good track record of comedians that uh, they've worked with in the past. A lot of people that I like, including some Cincy folk. Yeah, I think Alex Stone did his with Rooftop, and then Rooftop hooked up with me to uh, to run the interview with Alex, the one I did previously. He was on the show last week, uh, and the, the time on before, we were promoting uh, his album and then the rooftop folks uh had me put it on soundcloud and then they promoted that so it uh everybody oh, nice. yeah yeah it was a win-win for everybody yeah a nice little circle yeah um so uh are you like featuring for somebody in particular regularly that people could um you know look out for and say hey this person's in town in addition to looking for you headlining um no there's not one specific person that i've been going out with it's more just uh working the region a lot like, um, you know, for the first time this past year, I guess it was last year, I started working with these clubs in Chicago. 
Uh, I'm like the comedy attic in Bloomington. I worked there for the first time this year. Oh, nice. Um, so, yeah, because I did the, the Limestone last year, the festival. So it's been nice to kind of get into that realm a little bit, work some of these great clubs that aren't too far away. Um, so I've been doing a lot of that. I, I Occasionally I'll go out and do shows with Greg Warren. Oh, yeah. Um, we did some shows together in February. I featured for him because he's a St. Louis guy. So sure. um, when he headlined the Funny Bone in St. Louis, I went out there awesome. and stayed with him and middled. And oh, nice. I'm middling for him in Lexington in uh, December at Comedy Off Broadway. So I'll well, go down and go. feature for him. He's great. I love Greg. Greg Warren, friend of the show. Got I know there. Uh, no yeah, doubt. he's a big baseball fan as well. Yeah, I've known him for ages. I always talk about the blues with him uh, and, uh, and all that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so you're Mr. Momming it the rest of the time when you're home, or are you involved in other projects? I know you're writing for a while, or you're blogging for a while, and you're also an internet sheriff for a long time. Is that still on? That's true. I mean, I've got a lot of different things going on here and there. Uh, I've started blogging, doing some parenting blogging for the new humorous site called The Dad. Yes. Um, you know, so I've been writing. I've got a few stories on stage that I kind of wrote out longer and done his essays and uh, things like that that they're going to be running in coming weeks. Okay. Um, turned a few bits that I got rid of in my act into memes just to kind of make something off of those. Nice. Um, so, it's a, you know, I'm not a huge... I've never wanted to fall into that trap because I remember right after I had my first kid, yeah. there were a few other comics in New York at the time that were having kids. They were like, hey, we should do like a Dads of Comedy tour, Dads <laughs> of Comedy show. And it just sounded like the most dreadful garbage I could ever imagine. Uh, so I've been trying to like not just jump into that brain of like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a dad that does comedy. Here's here's what I do. But I thought if I could get a wider audience for some of my sure. stuff, absolutely, um, it, it would be a, a decent avenue to work with because they are about you know not being too aggressive with editing and uh, they're open to different ideas. Cool. And there's a lot of stuff out there that parenting-wise is just so self-righteous and oh, yeah. sanctimonious. Like, here's what you do. You got to take your kids and you got to take all their candy and burn it and make them <laughs> only eat grass until they're 10. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just so judgy. So I like to kind of own a lot of my faults, of which there are many, <laughs> and kind of embrace that. Yeah, I got. you remind me, I need to circle back with Josh because uh, I sent him some stuff. And uh, I, he asked me if I could do make memes. I'm like, well, I can, but I don't really do stand up anymore. I just I just do open mics occasionally, just to keep you know, just to, for fun. I mostly do this, what we're doing now. And he said, oh well, I'll, I'll get you on paid content. And he, what's your email? And that's the last I ever. That was like two weeks ago. So yeah, you should follow up with them because I mean, like when they need memes, they're not looking like for stand up shots. Right. Essentially, they're looking just for memes they can buy and then run on their site. Yeah. Well, so said, for me, like they've done a handful, but it's. I'm not good at making memes, so they're not the best. But the format that they use is very easy for a new person to use. And some are just text only, so like it's not so bad. Okay, well, yeah, I'll get I'll get back to them on that, and maybe I can get that sorted. And maybe do something else with them. But as uh, back to your your dad faults, I guess are they uh, are they very apparent, or are they? Um... Uh, do you discover them by accident, or how do they do you stumble on these? Not not to turn this into one of those dad type. Well, I mean, it's, I, I certainly come by it honestly and earnestly. You know, like I, I have to take my daughter to the toddler story time at the library, and she's two. Oh yeah, and it's just a bunch of other judgy moms that are there. <laughs> so I always have to make sure that my kid is dressed well, and no matter what she wears, they all stare at me. Like, I just brought her to the, the library dressed in a garbage bag and a phone <laughs> charger. You know, they're not going to give me any credit. But, 
Like, I remember one time I brought her, and right before we went inside, she begged me to wear these sunglasses she found in the car. She grabbed. They were oversized, but I was like, whatever, you can wear those. And if other moms judge you for that, well, then they're just awful people. And, of course, we get into the little toddler story time. Everyone's staring at us and whispering and kind of, like, nodding in our direction. I was like, yeah, whatever. And then after the class, I learned that uh, my daughter was wearing Bud Light sunglasses. And that's why they were <laughs> staring and pointing in our direction because it looked like I took her to toddler rehab or something. <laughs> um, you know, but I, I, I try to uh, at least keep a lot of my faults confined. But uh, that's when they come out. It's just in public like that. There you go. Um, so what else are you talking about on stage apart from uh, the dad thing, which, again, isn't, isn't too much of your act, of course. But uh, what other things are you talking about? Uh, you know, I'm talking about just kind of where I am in my life, just being, you know, this guy, marriage, how that works. But I'm also starting to dig deeper into some of the stuff, you know, going back to the dad thing, just some of the mistakes that I made growing up that uh, hopefully I can pass on them to learn. Because sometimes you have to make those mistakes yourself. Other times, if you've made horrific decisions before, you can kind of uh, pass that advice down. So when I've been thinking about spurred a few stories that I've never done before, and I've just started working it. Whoops. Hey, that's hey. what happened. Uh, I don't know, but, but speaking of judgy, Apple cut us off and then it said call failure. Thanks, yeah. Apple. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's a nice little reminder that from is. Apple that you are a failure. That's right. We have all the money in the world. Your phone is slowly becoming obsolete. We're going to jam you with another one, Stick Mans, and you're going to like it. Yeah, it could be a little bit nicer with that. Failure is kind of a harsh word. It is. It is. Uh, um, you were talking about passing wisdom on to the to the younger generations, which I think is a, yeah. a good a good place to be. Yeah, so I started doing a few more stories in my act that I have not done before, so that's been kind of fun to uh, stylistically just get away from just like here's just short, punchy things and yeah. going to something a little that has a little bit more resonance to it. And... Um, and that's it's kind of a natural progression of an act, too, I think. You know, once you yeah. kind of get the handle on writing shorter, crisper jokes, you can kind of earn a little bit more freedom to take some chances with different things. But, you know, 95% of it still comes basically off, uh, you know, the observations from daily life and kind of the situations that I find myself in. I'm trying to stay away from politics on stage. I am doing that. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people that are, you know, have never done political stuff or have been one or two in there because they say, you know, you can't escape. But on the other hand, people are saying, yeah, but people want to escape that completely. And it's nice to be able to spend, you know, you know, 45 minutes with somebody who talks about anything but that. And uh, I, I think I'm kind of leaning more toward that. Right. Well, from my standpoint, um, you know, there's plenty of avenues to get those jokes. Exactly. Every late night host will have your Trump jokes. I will do a plenty of political stuff on Twitter because it's topical and it's quick. Yeah. And, uh, you know, doing, trying to do like a Trump joke these days feels like you're trying to catch a handful of sand, you know, like, and it's just so hard to know where to focus, how to lock down on one thing when there's a new thing every single day, a new crisis, a new outrage. I mean, he got into a fight with the Pope a year ago and then it's just like forgotten and yeah. obliterated. Um, so it's kind of tough just to do something like that. So I've tried to, even like with my Go Banana shows, I've been telling people that it's just going to be like a politics-free show. Um, now, of course, there's going to be some culture stuff that I talk about and how sure. people interact these days. You know, because you can't escape that because everything's politicized a little bit. You know, you, like even weather, you can't even make small talk about weather without somebody being yeah. like, oh, I yeah. thought we had 
global warming. Well, it's cold out. Well, yeah, it's January. It's still going to be cold out sometimes, you know, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, football, you can't even have a political talk anymore because no. of the anthem protests yep. and that sort of stuff. Um, but in terms of like political, like here's your Steve Bannon joke. Hey, did you see Trump did the, like that is not going to be part of the act. Also part of that too is like I said, I'm trying to get ready for a CD. I want something that's going to you oh, know, be relevant for a while. Right. So digging in on myself and, uh, like my story, my point of view is going to last a lot longer than, Hey, here's a funny quip about what happened to Trump one time. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. So when you're, when you're building that hour, I guess it's a lot different than when you're just, you know, uh, touring and maybe kind of anticipating what, what a certain audience might want. And like you said, I do think there is a little bit more of an appetite now for comedy. That's not going to be someone just, uh, like too often these days in stand up and, you get so many guys that just want to be right with their opinions more than they want to be funny. Yes. You know, they just want to say like, Hey, here's what you should think. And I know that I'm right. And everyone get on board with me. But it's like, well, there's no joke there. You know, what are you doing? Just tell some jokes. Yeah. And I feel like there's more of an appetite now for someone that's just like, all right, we, we get the political stuff on Facebook. We get it on late night TV. We get it everywhere. Just tell some jokes, you know, do your act. And, uh, you know, let's learn about who you are as a person. That, to me, kind of has more appeal these days. Like, I, I went to see John Mulaney when he was in Cincinnati, which was a terrific show. Unbelievable show. He has one of the only Trump jokes I've seen work before, and even that's just, you know, five minutes of his hour. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that appeal has, or that has much more appeal to me than the, the guy that's like, hey, this is straight from the headlines. Did you guys see this? Like a, a Leno monologue or something. Yeah, well, great, man. Sounds like things are going well for you. Uh, good luck there, go bananas uh, at your at your home club there the, for the Thanksgiving week shows and uh, and with building the hour and stuff like that. Looking forward to the album. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, man. Talk to you later. Have a good one. Bye bye. Thanks again to Mark Shalafu for being on the show. Mark is at Go Bananas in Cincinnati. He'll be there uh, Wednesday the 22nd. Of course, it's closed for Thanksgiving, and then he'll be there again the 24th and 25th uh, with his and 26th with his buddy Sam Evans, who is originally from Toledo but got a start in comedy in Cincinnati and uh, is a UC alum. And they're bringing a friend of theirs from New York City as well. So if you're in the Cincinnati or Southwest Ohio area, do check them out. For all of Mark's dates, you can go to Mark Shalafu. Dot com, and that'll give you his tour. Like he said, he was going to be doing some dates uh, coming up here in the spring. They're not quite nailed down yet, but if you go to his website, it's a C-H-A-L-I-F-O-U-X, some kind of a frog, I reckon. And uh, he'll you can figure out uh, all his tour dates from there. And then he'll be recording the album in the spring, as he said, so look for that too. So that brings us to the song of the week. Song of the week is from Rostam. Now, Rostam, uh, his full name is, uh, let me give you, well, it goes by Rostam, but it's Rostam Batmanglij, I believe it is. And uh, he's probably best known as a member of the group Vampire Weekend. Uh, he left them a couple of years ago. Uh, we're still waiting on new music from them. In the meantime, uh, he did some work with a group called Discovery. He also released a solo album last year, although uh, it hadn't wasn't officially released until this year. And one of the tracks is called Bike Dream, and I heard it on actually BBC Radio 6. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. And I did a little research. I'm like, oh, this is the guy that left Vampire Weekend. So uh, the track is called Bike Dream.
Spike Dream, the album is out now. It actually, just, the album itself just came out a month ago, and this was the first single from it, and puts me a little bit in the mind of uh, his crosstown rivals, I would say, uh, The Pains of Being Pure at Heart, who are from Brooklyn, and I believe uh, Rostam is from somewhere in, in New York City. He's from Washington, D.C. originally, but a Vampire Weekender from New York City. So uh, anyway, this is Bike Dream. It is our song of the week on PS Tape Recorder. See what you think. Uh, have a good holiday, by the way, because Thanksgiving is coming up. If most of you are listening to this uh, as it is downloaded. And again, this is uh, Rostam, Bike Dream. It's our song of the week on PS Tape Recorder. So long, and thanks for listening. You wake up late, you feel your heart begin to work And now you're all dressed up, of course, inhaling cabs out of your door On 14th Street, I feel my head between my knees And now I'm swimming through the cheese, and now I'm swimming through the cheese Where could I go, what could I do, put in the state My lips and eyes give me the way, and now there's nothing I can say, no I'm pulled away, I see another Myself. It's found true love and happiness to sit and smoke down the jet boat. Two boys want to kiss your neck and want to bring you back. Just get you out of bed.